There were three masked gunmen that stormed to the Paris offices of the satirical newspaper, killing 12 people today, including its editor. They escaped in a car. More than 3,000 police in France are looking for these men. Their identity has been released. Two are brothers in their 30s and one a younger 18-year-old. All three are French nationals. This was France's deadliest post-war terrorist attack. Now, according to CBS News, Elaine, Elaine Cobb reported that, according to witnesses, two armed and masked men walked into the headquarters of the Charlie Hebdo magazine. Now, they're very famous satirical magazine. They opened fire in the entrance hallway. They killed people as they saw them. The gunmen reportedly sought out members of the newspaper staff by name. Okay? They did. They were tar Even though they killed people as they went, they, they were killing people en route to their actual targets. And it would seem their targets were its editor and some cartoonists who are very, very well known. Now, they sought these people by name. This was a rampage that took place on the second floor offices. It only lasted between five and ten minutes for 12 people's lives to have been taken, just snuffed out by terrorism, by violence, by anger. Security forces were hunting for the gunmen. They spoke flawless, unaccented French, and we now know they're French nationals. This attack was noontime in France, just around lunch. These men attacked in a military style. They say that their level of calmness, their strategy, their weaponry, the way they shot deliberately and hit their targets and were able to escape shows that they had training and perhaps had practiced this for quite some time. Now, basically, this weekly newspaper's offices is located near Paris's Bastille Monument. The publication in the past has posted caricatures of the Prophet Muhammad that have frequently drawn condemnation from Muslims and even threats of violence from groups, perhaps like this group, who claim they are affiliated with Al-Qaeda. This was not an ISIS thing. This is Al-Qaeda, allegedly. But, you know, here's the thing. Charlie Hebdo, since its inception, has been poking fun at religion and religious leaders. As a matter of fact, they even poked fun at their dead president at one time. And some would say, in putting it out there and saying, still no attacks, which is what they did, some would say they were asking for this. Don't get me wrong. Nobody deserves to be murdered by a terrorist or by anyone else. We're all going to die. Nobody should die at the hands of a murderer. Period. Nobody. And for no reason. But if you continue to mock a religion and religious leaders or prophets and you have violent threats, are we shocked and surprised entirely that this was the result for this specific magazine who does this specific thing? 
World leaders have denounced this, of course. President Francois Hollande said it was a terrorist act, quote, of exceptional barbarism. He added that other attacks have been thwarted in France in recent weeks and fears have been running high in France and elsewhere in Europe that jihadis returning from conflicts in both Syria and Iraq will stage attacks at home. But we don't know if these guys were over in Iraq or Syria. They were French. They were French nationals. They spoke French. Speaking of world condemnation, this is what President Obama said in his condemnation of these terrible, heinous attacks. For us to see the kind of cowardly, evil attacks that took place today, uh, I think, uh, reinforces uh, once again why it's so important for us to stand in solidarity with them, just as they stand in solidarity with us. I think that uh, all of us recognize that France is one of our oldest allies, our strongest allies. Uh, They have been with us at every moment when we, from 9-11 on, uh, in dealing with uh, some of the terrorist organizations around the world that threaten us. I've reached out to President Laurent of France uh, and hope to have the opportunity to talk to him today. But I thought it was appropriate for me to express my deepest sympathies uh, to the people of Paris and the people of France for uh, the terrible terrorist attack. That was uh, President Obama and President Francois Hollande made a somber address today uh, to the nation in France, pledging to hunt down the killers. More than 3000 police officers throughout France on that hunt. He pled with his compatriots to come together in a time of insecurity and suspicion. He said, quote, let us unite and we will win. Viva la France. Um, France raised security alert to the highest level and reinforced protective measures at houses of worship, stores, media offices, and transportation. Schools closed across the city of Paris. Thousands of people jammed Republic Square near the site of the shooting in order to honor the victims. Posted online was an image from video showing masked gunmen just before one of them appears to shoot that Paris police officer at close range following an attack at Charlie Hedbo's weekly newspaper headquarters in Paris. Now, immediately there was no claim of uh, these uh, responsibility for these shootings, and terrorist groups like to claim. Um, Eleven people were also wounded, by the way, not just 12 dead. Four of them are in critical condition. Uh, the world, as you just heard from the president, condemned this attack, and they condemned this attack on freedom of expression. Supporters of ISIS praised the attack. Now, CBS News correspondent Bob Orr reported that U.S. intelligence is working with the French authorities in trying to determine who's behind the attack. We now know allegedly who is behind uh, the attack. Um, They were clad in all black with hoods. They carried assault rifles. They forced one of the cartoonists arriving at the office building with her younger daughter to open the door with a security code. I got to be honest, I'm surprised after she opened the door that they didn't shoot her again. They had specifically people in mind that they were going to kill. Cartoonist and an editor as examples. Cartoonist who draw the images that they made violent threats over. An editor who allowed the images to continue to go forward. And by the way, Charlie Hebdo doesn't just attack religions. They say they will attack religions 
as much as possible, especially when it's attacking Muslims or Islam or the Prophet Muhammad. Interesting. Uh, We're going to talk about that. The staff, by the way, was in an editorial meeting. The gunman headed straight for the paper's editor, Stephanie Chabonnet, widely known by his ped name, Sharb. They killed him and his police bodyguard first. He had a bodyguard. Why? Because of so many, so many violent threats throughout the years. Okay? And minutes later, the two men strolled out to a black car waiting below, calmly firing at that police officer. The video is posted online. One gunman shooting him in the head. He was writhing on the ground. And then there was a man who watched in fear, you could see, on the video from his home across the street. Now, the witness is refusing to allow his name to be used. He fears for his safety, and I don't blame him. He said the attackers were so methodical, he first mistook them for France's elite anti-terrorism forces. And then they fired on the officer, and he knew they weren't one of the good guys. He said, quote, they knew exactly what they had to do and exactly where to shoot. While one kept watch and checked that the traffic was good for them, the other one delivered the final coup de gras. They ran to the back to the car. The moment they got in, the car drove off almost casualty. And he added, quote, I think they were extremely well trained, and they knew exactly down to the centimeter and even to the second what they had to do. All in all, 10 journalists from that office, Charlie Hedbo, and two police officers lost their lives today, including one officer who was assigned as the editor's bodyguard, another one who had arrived at the scene on a mountain bike. He is the one, we assume, who was killed outside. Now, among the dead were Bernard Marie, an economist who was a contributor to the newspaper. He was heard regularly on French radio, and also Georges Walensky, a celebrated cartoonist who also worked for Paris Match magazine. Quote, hey, we avenged the prophet Muhammad. We killed Charlie Hebdo. That's what one of the men shouted in French, according to a video shot from a nearby building and broadcast on French television. Other videos show two gunmen in black at a crossroads who appear to fire down one of the streets, crying Aloha Akbar, Arabic for God is great. That could be heard among the gunshots. And it bothers me when they do that. Because Muslims, fastest growing religion in the world, second largest religion and religious population in France, are peaceful people. And I know people get upset when I and others will say it's a peaceful religion. This is not the religion. These are murderers and madmen who are using this and perverting the religion. And the people who get hurt most, other than they're victims of bullets, are the innocent men, women, and children who are nonviolent, peaceful Muslims living in the United States, France, and elsewhere in the world. Every time an attack like this happens, it adds to the growing anti-Muslim, anti-Islamic sentiment here and throughout the world. France, obviously, today is no exception. Now, the video shows killers moving deliberately, shows them moving calmly. As a matter of fact, I, I think I mentioned now hour one, one bent over to toss a fallen shoe back into the small black car. His shoe came off. The car was later found abandoned in northern Paris. Now, they say the attackers switched to another vehicle, that that vehicle had been stolen. A reporter for Britain's Telegraph newspaper in Paris told Sky News that the first two officers to arrive, who were apparently unarmed, fled after seeing gunmen armed with automatic weapons and possibly a grenade launcher. And Corinne Ray, the cartoonist who said she was forced to let the gunmen in, said they spoke fluent French, claimed to be from Al-Qaeda, they told her. In an interview with the newspaper L'Humanitite, she said the entire shooting lasted perhaps five minutes. The security analyst group Stratfor said the gunmen appeared to be well-trained from the way they handled their weapons. They moved and shot. 
and the attackers conducted a successful attack, attack using what they knew. They did not attempt to conduct an attack beyond their capability. So unfortunately, this attack for them was a success, not a failure, which shows that they were trained, they were focused, this was definitely planned. Now, there have been threats by both Al-Qaeda and ISIS. They've repeatedly threatened to attack France. And just minutes before the attack, by the way, Charlie Hebdo had tweeted a satirical cartoon of the ISIS leader giving New Year's wishes. Charlie Hebdo repeatedly was threatened for its caricatures of the Prophet Muhammad in sketches. Offices have been firebombed in 2011. There was an issue featuring a caricature of the Prophet on its cover. Nearly a year later, it again published Muhammad caricatures drawing denunciations from the Muslim world because Islam prohibits the publications of drawings of the Prophet Muhammad. There was another cartoon released in this week's issue and entitled Still No Attacks in France. Now, I'm wondering, did it take just a week for these terrorists to organize this attack? Did they see that? Did they read this week's issue and say, you want to bet? Still no attacks in France. A caricature of a jihadi fighter saying, quote, just wait, we have until the end of January to present our New Year's wishes. And by the way, Sharb was the artist, one of the intended victims of this heinous massacre today in Paris. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to get some reaction from you, and I want to hear from you. Are you fearful? When you hear about another terrorist attack, or be honest, America, are you just becoming desensitized? Another day, another school shooting. Another day, another terrorist attack somewhere in the world by Islamic jihadists. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Do you think this is an isolated attack, or is it going to be far more reaching? I think it was isolated to this particular paper because of the, the targeting personally. What do you say? 8886-LESLIE, 8886-537543. Now, in light of this, should Charlie Hebdo in the future or any publications shy away from pretend, printing cartoons about the Prophet Muhammad and other religious figures? Just in case. Just in case. 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Or is that bowing down to the terrorist and their wishes? I mean, aren't the terrorists going to find somebody to kill for some reason, if not this? 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And do you think going forward, Charlie Hebdo will not target Islam in their satirical cartoons? Or do you think they're going to completely react the opposite way? I think it'll depend on the level of fear of their staff and how many stay with them. I bet there'll be people that quit working there. Absolutely. 8886 If I were the woman with that child, I would be done with Charlie Hebdo. They call me a chicken. She, got, she stood next to a man with a gun, claimed to be from Al-Qaeda, who killed her co-workers, and she, stood, and she sat under, and hid under a table with her child? Uh-huh. My, my, yeah, my, pinks, my, uh, my resignation would be on the desk. Mother, mother. There's too many of you to cry Brother, brother, brother terrorist attack that has left 12 dead in Paris, France. And I'm asking you, because this is not just about another terrorist attack, but this goes into freedom. Freedom of speech, freedom of the press, which we have a First Amendment and no other country in the world has. But Charlie Hebdo, they have been satirical 
journalist and cartoonist for years. That's what they started as. That's what they continue to do. They poke fun at everyone and everything. The Pope, Jesus, Mary, Moses, and the Prophet Muhammad. There are extremists out there like these men, one of which who claim to be with Al-Qaeda, to that woman entering the building who gave them the code. And by the way, nobody can blame her for that, can you? I mean, you're standing there with your child, and there's three masked gunmen who have guns. You do what they ask. Because I'm sure she's having a lot of guilt regarding letting them in the building and what transpired as a result. The editor of Charlie Hebdo had security. He knew that his life could be in danger. They knew by doing this they could have their lives in danger. It is disgusting in the world that in 2014 any of us in the media, any of us in the press, for what we write, for what we say, for what we draw, should be condemned to death for the disagreement or anger of another. I heard a uh, Muslim official, I think it was the president of MPAC, uh, Salman, who I happen to know, we're going to get him on the show this week, who said, it is a greater offense to Muhammad that they killed these people than the, car- the, the, the cartoon of him. And by the way, Muhammad, if you read the Quran, and please do, rather than listen to some right-winger tell you what it says, it, just as much violence in our Bible, especially in the Old Testament, as the Quran, just to be clear, and I've read both cover to cover, um, I, I have to tell you, there is nowhere in the Quran where Muhammad says that you couldn't draw a cartoon of him. This is something that Muslims practice and Muslims believe. Just like there is nowhere that it says that you can't, you know, touch the American flag to the ground or burn it, that's, that's, that's something we have we have conjured up. Do you know what I mean? Very different. Muhammad was a person. Flag and an object. But I know people out there who flip out. Remember when I was a kid, my grandmother knew I was lying and she held out the Bible and I was shaking as I went to put my hand on it. Isn't it weird that we even do in a court of law, people put their hand on the Bible? How many people do you think lie on a witness stand despite putting their hands on that Bible? But in Islam... It is against their religion to defile their prophet, Muhammad. Now, I believe in respecting other religions, but I believe that respect has to go two ways. And by the way, Muhammad spoke of that mutual respect. That's why I said to read the Quran. So he, Muhammad, would be more, far more upset with the actions of these terrorists than what they claim they were doing, because they claim they're doing it for him. Let's go to the phones. 8886 Leslie. 8886537543 is the number. We are talking about these attacks. I'm asking you some questions and I want to get your take. When you hear about these terrorist attacks, are you fearful? Oh my God, yet another terrorist attack. Fearful they'll be here. Fearful there'll be more of them. Fearful this is how we're going to live. Or are you becoming desensitized? Is it, oh, another terrorist attack? Like, oh, another school shooting. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And do you think this is an isolated attack or will it be far more reaching? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Do you think the French police will catch these guys now that they know who they are? Or do you think if they're affiliated with Al-Qaeda, they're long gone out of France and we'll never see them again except on some jihadist battlefield 8886 Leslie 8886537543 and should Charlie Hebdo 
and other publications shy away from printing cartoons about religious figures just in case they could be a target of violence? I mean, Charlie Hebdo's editor didn't have an armed policeman standing outside his door because he didn't know the risks involved in what he was doing. Or are we bowing down to the terrorists, bowing down to their wishes if we shy away from printing these things? And by the way, if they don't print anything, nobody, the the guys that were beheaded by ISIS, they didn't print a damn thing or defile the prophet. These guys are going to, these guys are going to find somebody to kill and kill somebody for whatever damn reason. But some might say, don't give them that reason, Leslie. What do you say? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Is the American press, our press here in the U.S., more candid in its publications than the French press? And if so, should we worry about similar attacks here at home? And one more thing, how do we stop these terrorist organizations? There are nasty people on Twitter that say, kill all Muslims. Are you out of your mind? There'll be somebody tomorrow that calls himself something else that'll kill you. Please. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Sane, rational-minded people. How do we stop these terrorist organizations? 888-6-LESLIE. Let's go to the phones and uh, let's go back to uh, Tony. Tony's in Poughkeepsie in New York, Line 3. Tony, good afternoon. Hello. Hello, Leslie. Hey, how are you? Yeah. Hey, I'm doing I'm doing as well as I can be. Um so what I think is this, I think that um I'm not fearful because I know that, you know, things like this in the rest of the world, um they don't have a lot of the security apparatus that we have. Uh we actually thwart a lot of attacks. They never even get to publication because we keep these things under lock and key. Um, I think, actually, I think in like the next 20 years or so, we'll probably release the amount of attacks that we've probably thwarted. Um, That being said, you know, the cost of living in a free society is that you, you know, dealing, these things, they happen. And uh, I actually think this is an isolated incident. Um, I think that when you publish things like this, which you have every right to do, but you have the right to do a lot of things, and it doesn't necessarily make it moral. So as you're saying, well, you know, you're doing things to provoke radicals. Radicals would be provoked with anything, right? But think about the millions of Muslims who are good people, who are peace-loving people, but you also offend them as well. You know, um, so it doesn't necessarily – I mean, I I get what they're trying to do in terms of satire, and in America we do these things all the time, uh, you know, but if you're going to do that sort of thing, you have to have a security apparatus to be able to handle something like that, you know, and that, and that's sort of the, the trade-off here. But, you know, I hear a lot of people already fear-mongering and talking about, you know, uh, relating this to other events that have already happened and uh, things in America. I don't have that fear. Um, I actually trust that, you know, we're able to handle these things a lot better just because of the 9-11 attacks uh, really changed the way that we've gone about it. But I think, and I think the way that you thwart terrorism is terrorists, they really like when you uh, endorse them and when you put them out there and say, you know, we see faces, we see pictures of these guys, and you put them out there. I always imagine there's a group of them sitting around cheering every time we mention someone's name. You know, every time they hear al-Baghdadi's name, they, they're cheering, you know. Um, so I, I don't think they should get that from us and and they want the fear they want that um and and we should continue to 
uh, uh, be out there and, and voice our opinions in the name of freedom, but we also should prepare to um, to have the infrastructure to deal with whatever attacks may come our way. Um, and, and it's a difficult balance. It is. Um, but I already hear the fear-mongering and the people say kill all Muslims or we need to, you know, any guy with the tan and a beard, we need to be stopping them and things like that. It just doesn't make any sense. It's, it's ineffective, you know, uh, just as ineffective as like a stop and frisk, right? So you, you can't you can't do that. Um you know, and it's, it's very difficult because I have a lot of friends that are Muslim and a lot of people that I know that I really respect. And every time they see something like this, they're shaking their heads. And, and this is one other thing I want to say is uh, everyone always calls for moderate Muslim voices to speak up, right? Uh, the reason why you don't hear them speaking up is because uh, the threats to their lives are real. Are you know if you're if no, you're no, Muslim, you are you are on you are onto something because we're it, we're going to talk about this we're we're going to have a, a buddy of mine who's the president of MPAC Muslim Public right. Affairs Council and you know one of the things is sometimes they don't want to put themselves out there because they're fearful exactly. already they're already it, a tar they're already a target um, exactly and 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 but another thing is there are organizations who put themselves out there you don't right. see them on ABC CBS or NBC because they'll they'll offer their opinion because That's you true. know what. It's higher ratings to have the right. terrorist and the blood and, you know, say this is, this, you know, it's, you know, Islamist fundamentalism and leave it at that and not That's and not true. talk to the people that say, wait a minute, I'm a Muslim. I'm a fifth generation Muslim. I'm a fifth generation American. And I've never right. had a speeding ticket, dude. And, yeah. and, and and then look at the proportion of numbers. We had a terrorism expert on the program last year that told us the breakdown. And we were shocked. Mark, Andrew, mm-hmm. I think you remember this. Only 6% of terrorist attacks and threats are from, uh, like, uh, Islamic-based organizations right. in the United States, which means 94% of the terrorist um, threats in the United States are from other sources. But, hell, yeah. we don't seem to care about that because no, it's no, easier no. to pick on the, the brown Muslim Arab guy. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think what we should do is ask some of these people – who are calling for them to speak up, are you going to protect them? Are you going to uh, allow them to have a platform? Uh, you know, we have to be, just like with the Civil Rights Movement, I think it really started to gain steam when people who weren't black were joining the movement, right? When people, when we started to see people who weren't directly affected by it start to join these people and having an opposition to e- extremism and things like that, that's when you start to gain traction. Uh, and we need to support the voices that are speaking up. But you're right. If it bleeds, it leads. And and I think there's part – there's almost this weird sort of wishful thinking. They wish that something like that would happen here because then it would prove uh, some warped idea of us having a police state. I actually heard Eric Bowling say that today, uh, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, uh, just for so many reasons. And, it, you know, it, it definitely saddens me when we, we take isolated incidents and we we say, you know what, the whole religion is bad or this whole group of people is bad. And and we know that's not true, right? You just had a bombing in, in Colorado, the NAACP headquarters, and we're not even going to call that terrorism because the guy was what? Because he's American and he's a white male? Well, he was trying to explode a bomb there. That's terrorism. But we don't call it the same. No, I know. Seriously. Right. <laughs> so, you know, seriously. I'm I'm sorry, but uh, you know, Newtown, that was a terrorist attack. 
Exactly. Exactly. That, that was, that was that's terrorism. But but why is it not labeled as such? Because what what, what it would be labeled as such if he had been Muslim. Yeah. Yeah. Because that sells. That sells. We have to get past that. Um but but again, I just don't think I don't worry about that in America because I know that, no, uh, I gotta, though, I gotta tell you something. Maybe I'm paranoid. Maybe I'm cuckoo. Married into a Muslim family. Father's Jewish. Mother's Christian. So I'm screwed every way it's common. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned for the future of, of children here and throughout the world, who are the majority of Muslims, the fastest growing religion in the world, who are peaceful right. and normal and you know and 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 not you know cuckoo murderers. Mm-hmm. And and the reason I say that is, look, it is not that long ago. That a guy named Adolf Hitler, mm. in plain view, said, mm. the economy sucks, they're taking all your jobs, and they were less than 1% of the population, and the German people bought into it, mm. and he, he jumped on to a growing anti-Semitism that had been around since prior to World War One. And he blamed the Jews. They were an easy target. They were hated, even though they were German, even though they were less than 1% of the population, even though they did not damage the economy or not the reason for the damage to the economy uh, back then or or ever. And uh, certainly we're not taking all the jobs, but he also had issues himself because he wasn't he didn't get into art school and a bunch of Jewish kids did. Uh, And 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 part of the, the problem there is that. That I fear it could happen wow. again. I fear wow. it could happen again. I fear that we we put Japanese in this country in internment camps because mm-hmm. they had slanted eyes and were from uh, the ancestry of a, comp- a country that had bombed us with Pearl Harbor. You know what? That those times are not that far behind us. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Wow, and all it takes is and and that's right why and that's leader. why Americans and the rest of the world need to stand up and need to separate a terrorist from a law-abiding citizen you don't like a guy i have on twitter right now urging the death of all muslims so these children in america that are muslim who's gonna line them up and shoot them oh who's gonna line them up and shoot them we are back i'm leslie marshall felicity in california on line one is next hey felicity good afternoon good afternoon how are you doing leslie good how are you Well, I'm I'm in, I, my, I'm getting goosebumps just from uh, you saying that. I'm um, I'm uh, I'm fascinated by survivors. Quite frankly, it's like you know, every time uh, when uh, I've ever met my family at function, somebody who I saw a tinge of a number under a bracelet or something, I would you know grab them and have to talk to them about their experience. Just amazing to me that people lived to that the uh, the the will to survive. And yeah, the, and, and the exactly. Ability, and the, my parents, you know, um, barely survived. They were there as little kids, and um, I was definitely immersed in the story throughout my upbringing, and it made me, for whatever reason, you know, for better or for worse, it made me just... 
kind of obsessed with the idea of cracking the code on the just um, you know the folly of humanity and the dysfunction so, and so where you, it all comes from and trying to ferret out the roots of that and so so where you come, I would life. imagine where you come from because you are the product of two people that were hated for their religion that you probably get disgusted when people hate two billion people based on the actions of three murderers. Thank you. That's right. Um, or any hate at all. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and what concerns me um, also is that I, I feel like it, it's necessary at this point in history to redirect the narrative away from dualistic either-or thinking. So, um, like, uh, with the, the movie The Interview and whatnot, it's either, like, we're either talking about free speech or we're talking about censorship, like there's no other conversation. And I feel that there's an important place um, for um, considering self-scrutinizing and, um, you know, looking at how how we use our free speech responsibly in order to have a best-case scenario outcome, which doesn't mean cowering. It doesn't mean, you know, um, just trying to placate crazy people or anything like that. But I think that um, all of our communication um, vehicles that we have right now can be used as powerful tools of reconciliation and finding, you know, the other way. Do you know what I'm saying? I do entirely. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do entirely. Oh, yeah, what is, that so, so, me that at this point in our cultural evolution that we keep on reducing everything to these dualistic concepts and not see the this other way altogether, um, I, it worries me that, especially like, you know, I'm sure it's an old topic for you, but that this movie, the interview came out and all that was talked about was, are we going to let the terrorists push us around? It's like, well, you know, how is it that we as a culture are making it okay for us to, uh, to, to enact the assassination of an actual living human being, whoever they may be, and that that should be a form of entertainment for us that we should be standing up for without critiquing. Stand up for the right, but still critique the, you know, the, uh, the actual um, negligence of, you know, you know, a mean-spiritedness that we're touting as freedom. Wow. Very, very well said. I'm, I'm moved. Very passionate as well. Thank you. Please call again. I, and, and I would love uh, to hear more of your experiences uh, growing up um, as uh, the first generation of Holocaust survivors, because that is a different upbringing than many of us have experienced. Thank you uh, for joining us. And thank all of you for joining us. If you're listening, if you're holding and I didn't get to your call, I'm sorry. I did spend a lot of time with the calls that we had. Uh, today, uh, but we're going to be talking about more of this and different aspects of this, I'm sure, in the days to come. There are many other things to talk about, uh, such as a bombing at an NAACP um, office in Colorado today that many people didn't know about. It was definitely the back burner of news as opposed to this terrorist bombing that left 12 dead and 11 wounded in Paris.